Welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church, Accra. And now, the message. Let us pray. Dear God and Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we honor you for being who you are to us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, we acknowledge you as the world's greatest teacher, healer, master, the only one worth following. Holy Spirit, the one who searches all hearts, who is with us to meet us at our point of need. I commit myself and my hearers and listeners to you. Lord, touch us today. That what we hear will speak to us. That our hearts will be receptive. Above all, our wills will be determined to do what you have called us to do. Knowing that that is why you saved us. That we may serve you. I pray this and ask for more in Jesus' name. Amen. Greetings from Calvary Baptist Church. Coming to you from Accra and our satellite churches and campuses. I trust you are well. This is Pastor Fred Digby. We've been looking, reading and studying the book of Luke. and Today we continue in chapter 8 from verse 4 to 15. I'll read it as I go along. But let me ask you a question. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? How well do you know his teachings? But even more importantly, how well do you follow the teachings that the Lord gives us, knowing and doing? Are you surprised that in a country like this, they say we are a Christian majority? But somehow, our lifestyle, our testimony, our behavior as a nation does not tell that really we leave the word. And I'm afraid even you might have commented on it that Christians are not doing what they are supposed to do. Can you imagine that the city that hailed Jesus, Hosanna, 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 on the Palm Sunday when he entered that city, on Sunday, but by Friday, they had crucified him. What is it that caused them to heal him? And yet, by Thursday, Friday, they were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. If you have an answer for all of these, then you are a student, a real student of the Bible. Because Jesus knows it, and he even told us what it is, and he advised us on what to do. The issue is this. Many of us hear the word, but do not put it in practice. And so, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, Jesus told us something, the parable of the sower. I'll just read from verse 4 to 8. As a large crowd was gathering and people were flocking to him from every town. He said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. As he was sowing, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the bears of the sky ate it up. Other seed fell on the rock. When it sprang up, it withered, since it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns sprang up 
with it and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground. When it sprang up, it produced crop a hundred times what was sown. Now this parable, very well known as a parable of the soil. Some have called it the parable of the heart. Some have called it other names. But in this parable, the word hear, hear, hearing, hear, is used nine times. And hearing is more than listening. It means listening with spiritual understanding and spiritual receptivity. Listening and understanding and above all, putting it into practice. So in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, we, we, we hear, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, let us see what Jesus is saying in this parable to explain some of the conditions I said, I posed earlier. We listen, we don't do, we don't practice what we hear. Jesus gave three admonitions to his followers. And this is what we'll be looking at today. First, he said, hear and receive the word. Hear it and receive it. Secondly, he tells them, hear and share the word. Thirdly, hear and obey the word. Let's look at this to guide us briefly today. Hear and receive the word. Jesus said this parable, and later on he went and the disciples asked him what he meant, and he gave them a full interpretation. But let's look at this hearing and receiving the word of God. Initially, the sower is Jesus Christ, but the sower represents any of all God's people who share the word of God, the evangelists, the pastors, the preachers, the missionaries, any who share the word of God, they are all sowers. Jesus Christ, because he told us in John chapter 4, verses 35 and 38, he says himself speaking to us. We can clearly hear what is on his heart and what he wants us to know. He says, don't you say there are still four more months, then comes the harvest. Listen, I'm telling you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ready for harvest. The reaper is already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life, so the sower and reaper can rejoice. For in this case, you say, the saying is true. One sows, another one reaps. I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for. Others have labored, and you have benefited from their labor. So we are all engaged in this type of thing if you are sharing the word of God. We are all sowing. Clearly, the seed is the word of God, like a seed that has life in it. The word has life. The word has power. And the word is able to produce spiritual fruit. The kind of fruit is supposed to produce, we are told clearly, by the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law, the fruit of the Spirit. So when you say the sower sows, he sowed the seed. The seed is the word of God. When you hear and receive and the word is growing in you, just like a purple tree, 
years for pork, mango, years mango, onion, years onion, maize, years maize, the word of God must produce the seeds in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You see, but the seed can do nothing until it is planted. Some time ago, they said there was a seed that was found in a bottle and they estimated the seed had been kept in that bottle for hundreds of years. When it was taken, they said it looked fresh. It was planted. And people were waiting to see what type of plant would come out of it. Then they saw a beautiful bulb come. It was a flower. So seeds can be there for a very long time. It will only yield when it is planted, when it is watered, when the conditions are right. So when a person hears and understands the word, then the seed that is planted would have been fertile. But God's seed is always fertile. What happens after the seed is planted depends on the nature of the soil. Jesus called the parable the parable of the sower. But as I said, some have called it the parable of the soils. The seed without the soil is fruitless. If you put the seed in a glass bottle, you seal it, it's there. And the soil without seed is almost useless. You see these barren lands, dry, there's no seed, there's nothing. You cannot do anything. The human heart, we are told, is like the soil. If it is prepared properly, it can receive the seed, which is the word of God, and it can produce harvest. And Jesus is saying that there are four different kinds of hearts, four different types. He was a farmer, or he lived among farmers, and he could see them. He could see what they did in his country. Three types of soil didn't produce much fruit, but the proof of salvation. The fruit is not merely hearing the word of God or making a profession, but it is whether you've heard it and whether you are putting it into practice or not. So he said there's a soil that is hard, hard soil. That is in verse 5 and 12. See, the hard soil is the person who hears the word of God but immediately allows the devil to snatch the seed away. How did they become hard? They are the wayside. You see, on the wayside, people tread on, the, on that path every day, going up and down. The path was just something that was trafficked on over and over and over again. It's like somebody who hears the word of God. He doesn't attach any value to it. It's just something, or oh, some preacher is sharing, he's sitting somewhere and there's a preacher on television. He's looking. He's just bored. He's not really listening. So whatever comes in the ear or finally the eye enters the heart but he walks out of the heart. He has nothing to do with it. The person is hard. There's not a message he wants to hear. When he hears it, he begins to be, oh, these people, they are all thieves. They are all liars. All these preachers, they are thieves. They are liars. How do they know? He keeps battling because the hard soil of his heart has not been touched. But then there's a shallow soil. This soil is the, is the emotional hearer. They hear and they quickly respond to the message. But later on, their interest begins to wane and they do not continue in the word of God. I see people 
when they see signs and wonders and miracles, they are so excited. When God has healed somebody, they are so excited. When they pray, Lord, heal me. Lord, touch me from Corona. Lord, give me a job. Lord, give me a wife. Lord, give me a child. When that happens, oh, they are so excited. They are so excited. As soon as it happens, then later on, they lose interest. They lose interest in what is going on. When the, when the bad days are gone and the bright days come, that is it. The sun, see, when the sun comes, they wither because they don't have any root. The sun represents the testing that comes to all who profess to be Christians. They'll be tested. Sun is good for plants. If they, are root, if they have roots, if they have roots, how do you get the root? Hearing the word of God, practicing the word of God, witnessing to others, staying in Christian fellowship with others. These are the ways you grow roots in the word of God. The word of God takes root in your life. If not, you just hear something, oh, I'll be going to heaven, I'll be doing this. Very soon, your interest wanes. When persecution comes, when you take your Bible, you want to go to church or you say, I received Christ, somebody's shouting at you. Very soon, you just give up. You don't even go again. May that not be your story. Don't be a shallow ground. The seed you have been given is the precious word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. The third soil is the crowded soil. And this illustrates the person who has heard who is making every effort to grow. But there are things that are worrying you, and you don't want to be fully committed. There are some who don't want to repent their wicked ways because the devil has paid them a good price, or they know they are getting something. You may have compromised so much, taking somebody's wife. You may even have taken some money that doesn't belong to you. You may have stolen company money. You are enjoying some positions. So through some sakawa, through some means, and then you hear the word of God. It comes. You know it is true. There's enough soil, but you are not prepared to repent and turn from your wicked way and follow Christ. And so what happens? You are choked. The cares of this world, the riches of this world, the pleasures of this life. You are known as the master in the dancing hall. You are known as the top notch person who can balance everybody and do whatever you like. You are known as the most beautiful girl that causes all people to fall for you. And you are getting money from it. You are the financier. You are building a house. You need to finish it. And these compromises make it possible for you. If you are that person, you have a crowded heart. You come close to salvation, but you are not willing to let it all go. Sometimes you read the word of God, Sometimes you go to church to clear your conscience. Sometimes you speak the Christian language. But still, there are so many things that you are worried about. They crowd you out. And you fail to bear the fruit of perfection. The Lord knows you. The Lord has a plan for you. He wants you to drop it all. Because you see, what shall it profit you if you gain this whole world and lose your soul? God has a better plan for you in eternity. But the last one we see is the good soil. The good soil is mentioned in chapter 8, verses 8 and 15. The good soil alone is fruitful, 
And this shows the individual who hears the word of God. And they make every effort to understand it. They read the word of God. The Holy Spirit translates it to them, applies it to them. The Holy Spirit illuminates them. And they are truly saved. And they are patiently producing fruit. When they are tempted, sometimes they sin. But they go back quickly. Say, Lord, forgive me. Because they know what the Bible says. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. When we confess, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So they are producing fruits. As he said in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul tells the church in Thessalonica, this is why we constantly thank God. Because when you receive the message about God that you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as a human message, but as it is truly the message from God which also works effectively in you as believers. They are bearing fruit. They are growing. They are not perfect, but they are growing. And what are some of the signs that they are bearing? The fruit may include winning other souls to the Lord, serving with the spiritual gifts the Lord has given to that person, serving heartily, giving money to God's work, producing good works, being more diligent where they are serving. It is not clear you are a Christian doctor, a Christian lawyer, a Christian nurse, a Christian carpenter, a Christian engineer, a Christian fitter, because you are telling the truth. You are doing your work honestly. Your yes is yes. Your no is no. You are a Christian mother. Be more patient. You are even becoming more of a Christian pastor because your congregation can see growth in you because of your Christian character. And the praise is going to God. You see, the Lord knows. And he says, we do not all bear the same fruit, but somehow there's fruit. So still others fell on the good ground and produced a crop, some 100, some 60, and some 30 times what is sown. That we find that in Matthew 13, 8. So there are different types of fruit and different types of fruitfulness. But the thing about the fruitful Christians, that it is a good soil. They are by God's grace pressing on to victory, facing the difficulties, being pushed, here and there, but striving. And I can tell you, these people sometimes they are able to press on and bear fruit because they belong to a church or a fellowship. They read the word of God. They depend on the Christian graces, the prayer, the fasting, the Christian brothers and sisters around them who are bearing them up. And therefore, they are bearing fruit. Jesus was saying this to his Followers, those who were crowding him, listening to him, he gave the story to them to show that he's not impressed by the crowds who follow him. And that we should also not be impressed by the crowds who follow us. He knew that most of them did not really hear or try to live the word of God. It was not, it was not touching their hearts. He gave this story to encourage the disciples today and that time that we are to be faithful. Because when you consider how much teaching and preaching and witnessing and good works have been done, how much signs and wonders have happened, and you wonder why there's such a small harvest. My beloved brother and sister, the Lord says, the fault does not necessarily lie with the sower or the seed. The problem is the soil. The soil, the human heart that will not submit to God, that will not repent, that will not receive the word and be saved. Because 
Faith comes first to the hearing. And then when it comes, you receive it. And then you begin to work on it, accept it, you put it into practice. Faith is not just a matter of education. No, faith is a matter of humbling, preparing your heart to receive the word of God and putting it into practice. The wise and prudent sometimes are blind to the truths that are so clear for babies to understand. So don't be smart in your own way. Let faith produce fruit in you as you put God's word in practice. Can I tell you this? If you go to a doctor with a disease and he gives you a prescription, say, this is good. This has healed many. And I'm sure when you take it, it will heal you. And after one week, come and tell me what goes on. If you choose to go and put that medicine on the shelf, don't take it. Or you just take one or two tablets. And after one week, you are still, still sick. And you go to him and he asks you, did you take the medicine? Well, you have two possibilities. Either you say the truth. Or I took it one day and I stopped. That's why it's not working. Then you say, okay, fine. Go back and take it or prescribe something else for you. But if you say, I've been taking it faithfully, 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 and you know you are lying, what do you want him to do for you? He gives you something else and we'll put it down. The problem is not the medicine. The problem is you. And I encourage you, don't do that to the word of God. So the first is the hearing the word of God, those who hear and receive the word. The second one is hear and share the word, verse 16 and 18. Jesus' disciples were perplexed because Jesus often taught the parables. So they asked him for an explanation. And he gave the explanation. Why would Jesus teach with parables? My dear friend, the word parable means heavenly story with an earthly meaning, as we say. Or the word parable means to cast alongside. A parable is actually a story that teaches something by putting the truth alongside something familiar. So you know something, I also try to explain it to you by giving another illustration. The people of Jesus' day knew about seas and soil. And I guess you, my listening friend, you also know it. So the parable of the sower would interest them. They know about parable. They know about soil. They know about seed. Now, a parable starts off as a picture that is familiar. But as you listen carefully, you see that it is a mirror in which you see yourself. So as you were listening, I'm sure you probably have been prompted by the Holy Spirit to decide what type of soil are you. Are you a good soil? Are you a crowded soil? Are you a shallow soil? Or are you a hard soil? A parable will do that to you. It shows you the picture. And the picture is clear. There are people who do not like to see themselves clearly in the mirror. They don't like what they see. And so they move away from the mirror. They think the mirror is showing them something wrong. But it is you. That's the word of God. The parable shows you. So Jesus is saying, see, when you hear the word and you become angry and you try to dodge it, then it means you are not allowing what you see in the mirror to inform what you do, to change your behavior, to change whatever is wrong. Because it is a serious thing to hear and understand God's word. 
It puts an obligation on you that this is what you must do. After you see it, after you hear it, and it's clear, it demands humility and honesty on your part to put it into practice. But there are many who are not serious. They come to church and they are waiting for the time when they will come and say, oh, I'm a member of this church. I'm a member of this congregation. I'm a member of this shift. I'm a member of this group. And I need some money. I have a hospital bill. I want to marry. Oh, can you help me? I want rent. I want this. Uh, they have other things. So they come to come and show what they are up to. They know they are shallow soil. They know they are not hard soil. But they also know what they are trying to do. And a lot of people follow Jesus to receive healing, to receive food, to receive all kinds of things. But they are not willing to change. The Lord says, those who are fruitful, he tells them the parable. They are to hear and share the word. Everyone who receives the seed becomes a sower, a light bearer, and a transmitter of God's word. So if you hear it, you share it. You receive more. You receive more. If you keep it to yourselves, you lose it. By you sharing with others, can they testify that you have heard and you are sharing? The Lord wants you to bear the light and send it to others. And I commission you in the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit's name to also share the word of God. The last but not the least of what the Lord is saying, which may become obvious already, is that those who bear good fruit are those who hear and obey the word of God. In verses 19 to 21, we see something very interesting. Jesus was preaching the word. Then the Lord's mother, Mary, and the other brothers were brought, and they were worried about Jesus because some of his friends had gone home and talked to his parents and said, no, look, your son is mad. He's getting out of his senses. Come and take him and come and remove him from here. Why? And he's telling them, look, uh, I hear you. I hear my mother, my father, or not my father. I hear my mother is here. My brothers are here. He's saying, look, friends, I'm not out of my mind. Jesus used the opportunity to say, who are really my family members? My family members are those who hear what I'm saying and those who put it into practice. Those who hear and put it into practice. They are the people who are the members of my family. They are my true disciples. Let me ask you, are you a true disciple of Jesus? As his disciples, we need to take heed what we hear and how we hear, because God will hold us accountable. As a child of God, listening to the wrong things, the wrong music, the wrong messages, and believing them, and adopting the wrong attitude will only confuse you and rob you of truth and blessing. We as believers are to faithfully receive the word of God and to share it and to grow more in it. But if we fail, if we fail to let our light shine, we will lose what we have. God's word is precious. Hear it and act on it. And so the parable of the sower says God has sown the seed and God wants you also to go out there and sow the seed and let that seed bear multiples. And if you have that seed and you are not bearing fruit, begin to work on it now because the Lord is coming soon. If you know him as your Lord and Savior, go out there and share with others. If not, I tell you, 
Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, today I exchange my hard soil for a fertile soil by receiving you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit into my heart. Cause me not only to be a hearer, but doer of your word, now and forevermore. Amen. If you pray that prayer sincerely, the Lord has heard you with you. And will also be glad to work with you as a church. Thank you for contacting us on the numbers that are giving after the message or any other Bible-believing church. Sometime again soon, stay blessed now and forevermore. Amen. This has been the radio broadcast by Calvary Baptist Church with Reverend Dr. Fred Digby, our senior pastor. We hope this message blessed you. Be sure to join us, God willing, next week, the same time and station. We are in Adabaka, opposite Mr. Big's restaurant, near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. Also in Shiashi, across the motorway from the Accra Mall and Botiano. Call us on 0243-690-485 or 0302-231-854. Contact us on WhatsApp at 0200-181-680. Visit us online at www.calvarybaptistgh.org. Write to us, Calvary Baptist Ghana at yahoo.com.